Uh, you're listening to the C the set of movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. Uh, joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello, and happy Ramadan to all our Muslim listeners. And happy St. George's Day to all our uh, English listeners who are listening to this on the day we record it rather than the day that we put it out. <laughs> <laughs> when are we putting it out? It, it will still be Ramadan on the day this is released. Oh, there you go. So, so yours, is, yours is much more topical. Fine. Of course it is. <laughs> Good work. Good work. <laughs> it's like I plan to see it or something. Yeah. <laughs> I always because we always we always jump into the podcast with I do my my same intro which I, every now and again I change like two words just to keep it fresh, uh, and you always have a little to- little little thing to bounce in with Zijan to get to get the, the juices flowing. Uh, is this the result of much note taking and preparation, or do you how, do you do you do you think of it on the fly? What what goes on there? Uh, been there. Sometimes you know if I got something you know important or fun to say that I'll put it through uh, but if not it's just all improv on the spot fair enough fair enough well uh, it's 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 masterful but uh, <laughs> I, at least I, one person uh, thinks so I once did a uh, wrote a quiz where the, the every other letter of every answer was an A and, and Ramadan was one of the answers for that oh yeah I remember doing that quiz there you go it was basically just so I could get Tara Salata in yeah I think right. so <laughs> anyway today we are well, we, we're talking I'm a little bit vague on what we're talking about. <laughs> You're going to have a fine time writing the title for this podcast as well. Like, I believe we're talking about uh, movie-related media that we enjoy. Is that, yeah. is that that's probably that's, what we're talking about? I think that's fair, though. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, in general, the idea, which I'm going to explain later, is that, you know, I like talking about movies. You like talking about movies. And I like yes. li- listening to people talk about movies as well. So... I mean, why not share the love, right? Why not point people in the direction of much more successful? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I was looking at my list and saying, well, all these people have, like, millions of subscribers. <laughs> what they need is us telling, <laughs> telling people about them. Why not? Why not? Um, as well as that, we were talking about the films of Rooney Mera. Um, we've got a quiz on the, on the non-MCU films of Scott Johansson and Chris Evans, which I'll be honest, when, I suggested, true, right? when I suggested this quiz topic, I thought there were a lot more than there are. Um, it turns out there there are two, but we'll get to that, um, and of course, much, much, much more. more. We start with movie news, Zijan. What's yep. going on in the world of movies? I think the biggest news, I mean, the past week, is that Netflix, the streaming giant of both movies and TV shows, and I'm going to add movies in because you'll be wondering why this is this part of a movie news, has sure. lost 250,000 subscribers in the first quarter of the year. Their shares, oh. their shares fell more than 35%, wiping out $50 billion of Netflix's value. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're cutting lots of movies. Lots of Netflix uh, anima- animated movies are being cut. Oh, they uh, they've, they've fired, uh, I think, the animation lead for Netflix, so I'm not, that's definitely not going to happen. Uh, Bright 2, for those who are looking at Will Smith's resurgence on Netflix, that's not going to happen. Okay, I mean, <laughs> Bright 2 was kind of in the back of the cupboard anyway, wasn't it? It wasn't... It? There, there weren't people marching on the street demanding Bright 2. <laughs> no, I've not even seen the first Bright anyway. I, I so quite I liked comment. Bright, but it wasn't... Yeah. Yeah, also, I mean... Also, it was, it was written by Max Landis, who is no... Who is, is is now uh, widely regarded as being a fairly unpleasant chap, isn't it? Oh, has he? Oh, yeah, I th- yeah. I think he's been. I think he was cancelled before the word cancelled was was being thrown around. Ah, uh, yeah. Fair. yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I think we've spoken about this before. I mean, it's it's impossible for Netflix to grow indefinitely. Um, mm. There's only a finite number of people on the earth. <laughs> exactly right, um, yeah. and especially when you can share your passwords as well. Uh, <laughs> well, this is this is big part of it, isn't it? They're cracking down on account sharing. Uh, I don't think they will have the effect that they expect. You know, I think you know they want to crack down on password sharing, hoping that this would boost the number of users on Netflix. But yeah. I think this will have the reverse effect. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I, I'm a good, honest man, Zijan. I don't share my Netflix password, and uh, and I'm afraid to swear to that under affidavit. But uh, I. Yes, I guess if you're hoping that if 10 people share a password, then you'll suddenly become 10 separate accounts. <laughs> uh, you're right that I guess it becomes zero accounts because they don't want to pay for the whole, the whole price. Well, hopefully this will have this will mean less, you know, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds and Johnson <laughs> movies where they play themselves, I guess. Red um, Notice 2 is definitely going to happen. <laughs> Did you know how much a Stranger Things episode costs to make, Colin? Um, no, I, I would guess uh, in the millions. 10 million? Nope, higher. Really? Yeah. 30 million per 30 episode. 30 million. Wow. How? I, I have no idea how Netflix is making money. 
Well, it's not, is it? It's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> billions of dollars in debt. And oh, the, yeah. the problem with Netflix as well is that its competitors all have other businesses as well. Yeah, so that yeah. they can easily, you know, cross subsidize with the other businesses. Amazon is Amazon. Disney is Disney. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you, you talk about Netflix animation. I, I mean, I know that things like Mitchell's versus Machines was was streamed on Netflix, but they they bought it when it was done. Yes. It wasn't like they developed it. I, I can't think of any Netflix animation that they developed themselves. No, yeah. I think it's brand new. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah. So it, it stopped before you even got started, really. Because ne- ne- I. I think the, the selling point of Netflix, as well as the kind of the back catalogue, is is the stuff that you can only get on Netflix. That's how they're going to get people in, isn't it? And and, and some of that is just packaged up and bought, and some of it is developed. But the stuff they develop themselves has tended to be pretty bad. I mean, or, or kind of just average. Like if there's a, if there's a, a new Netflix sci-fi film or, or or coming of age story or whatever else, it's going to be fairly bland in, in my experience. Whereas if it's something they've bought in. Something like Marriage Story. I don't think I don't know how much involvement they had in developing it, but oh. it felt like it. They just bought that, and that was excellent. That was really really good. But yeah, the the, the stuff they're developing themselves, maybe less so. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, was it? Well, don't look up. Did they develop it themselves or? Uh, oh, I don't know that. That was their most actually. recent hit, right? It got nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. So it did it was it did. that? At least it had that. So yeah, I don't I don't know the um the story of that one with. Where that was coming, they have a reputation of kind of giving more uh, leeway to the directors than than the traditional studios. And, yeah, and maybe we're learning why that's not a good idea. Because you get all these stories of kind of oh, the studio ruined my movie, etc. But I, I do think if, if if you give directors kind of unbridled access to do whatever they want with whatever money they want, then you, more more often than not, it's going to be a mistake. Anyway, you, you still subscribe to Netflix. I am still subscribed to Netflix, yeah. but that is my only subscription anyway. So because I don't it? have anything I watch on Amazon and uh, Disney Plus, you can share with six people. And I'm sharing with six people. <laughs> all right. Actually, I don't share any of mine. Maybe I'm missing a trick here. I, I pay full whack for all my stuff. There you go. If anyone wants to share uh, share subscriptions with me, I I'm happy to share. I'm happy to take some of your subscriptions off you, Colin. Lovely. Done. Um, last time, Zizan, we said that Sharon Stone was. Uh, <laughs> Was going to be playing a, uh, a a DC villain once more in yep. the film Blue Beetle, and no sooner had we said it than she wasn't. Yep. Um, she's out, um, but they clearly wanted someone whose initials are SS, so they went to the next best one, which is Susan Sarandon. Uh, Steven Seagal presumably was not available, and uh, she is <laughs> going to play the villain whose name escapes me in Blue Beetle. Victoria Cord. Thank you. Uh, uh, who is a new character? Uh, as mentioned before mm. in the previous podcast, who doesn't appear in the comics, uh, but whose suspicion because of his last name is the wife to Ted called the original Blue Beetle. There you go. Uh, more replacement news. Uh, Summer Haig will be replacing uh, Tendu Newton in Magic Mike's Last Dance mm. uh, because of personal reasons, I believe, from Tendu Newton's part. But yeah. I think we call her Tenderway Newton these days. I know. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to struggle. I was like, oh, why did I choose this? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, last last time we saw Summer Hayek, she was dying almost instantly in Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now she gets to be... Uh, I, I've not seen either of the previous Magic Mikes, but, uh, but Steve Soderbergh's back, isn't he? So yeah, Maybe I'll get around to it sometime. Uh, Andy Serkis is going to be making an animated uh, Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. Not the first animated Animal Farm. George Orwell's classic, of course. I th- there was a... There was a, a I think... I, I thought a very well-received cartoon of it from... I don't know when. Sometime... Uh, a good long long while ago. Uh, it says animated. I don't know whether that means computer animated or animated animated. Well, I know it's Andy Serkis, right? Mm. Um, well, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. He he would lead... I mean, he did the Jungle Book. And, no, he did Mowgli. And Mowgli. The Jungle yeah. Book, right? Yeah, so... Uh, he didn't do Jungle Book, but um, that was John Favreau. But yeah, he, oh, did, yeah. Uh, he, did, he did Mowgli. Um, and obviously has a, a long history of, uh, of being associated with such things. Uh, but yeah... I, I'll be honest. I don't really know what a director of an animated film does. Just tells people tells people what to draw. Probably. I mean, he'll probably be in charge of the storyboard, making sure that mm. everything just comes together. Um, okay. That's why I think they do. You read Animal Farm? Uh, I read Animal Farm a long, long time ago. Mm. Uh, yeah. It, it, apparently, he's trying to keep it more fabulistic and aimed at a family audience. Oh, so right. they're not going to be heavy-handed with the whole political bits of it. 
How do you do Animal Farm without having been without the political allegory? That's the entire uh, thing, I, isn't I, it? I mean, right? You can keep it fabulistic, right? You can just have a moral at the end of it, like you know. All right. Yeah. Who knows? But it's it was bought by Netflix in 2018. Uh, oh wow! Okay. There, there's been little news of it since then. So this is the first bit of news from it. Um, who this knows a, where this could happen? This is <laughs> the famous Netflix animation we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is, right. This is what's going to save the studio. Well, I look forward to uh, uh, the, the fabulistic Animal Farm. I'll probably watch that. Yeah, uh, I'll probably watch that too. Um, I know I have another Netflix movie here. Yeah, here it is. Uh, so there is a movie called Damsel with Millie Bobby Brown, mm. uh, who is uh, who people would know from Stranger Things, which is also in Netflix as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, and also um, Enola Holmes, which is Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So she's basically the Netflix uh, star <laughs> at this point. <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, so they've got casting news. They've added Robin Wright, Ray Winston, Nick Robinson to the cast. Um, it's um, a fantasy movie. Who's um, uh, Nick Robinson, the uh, the BBC news reporter? No, Nick Robinson. I think he was in Jurassic World as one of the teenage boys. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. And and damsel follows a damsel um, <laughs> as you yes. would Millie Bobby Brown, who agrees to marry a handsome prince uh, per usual, uh, like yeah. all stories. But the snag is that, <laughs> like all stories, <laughs> yep. The, <laughs> that, 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 that checks out. The the royal family has recruited her to be a sacrifice to repay an ancient debt in state. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! So, but anyway, Netflix is back in the movie, so who knows whether this happened or not? It's back, back, back. Speaking of films that are going to be terrible, uh, Jason. Actually, that's not fair. Damsel might be great. Uh, Jason Momoa is in talks for the Minecraft movie. Oh come on! You can't. Uh, I, I, even the Minecraft movie can't be terrible. I don't think it, it, it I, can. It can and will. <laughs> Compared to like Tetris, the movie. Tetris the trilogy. When am I getting my Tetris trilogy? I have um, more hopes with Minecraft the movie. At least you can kind of make a movie out of it. <laughs> that's what a great what a great pitch that is you can kind of make a move uh, and I was these aren't too old to really understand what Minecraft is but it, it seems to involve building things yep is that it yeah cool <laughs> I mean yeah exactly it, it allows full creative freedom have you uh, have you everyone. played Minecraft no I have the creative uh, ability of like a mole a mole I think that's a bit harsh on moles but um do, <laughs> do we i mean do, do, do you even play minecraft would you oh, anyway never mind um, no it's not the kind of game that i'm in, you know interested in like it's like those people who like you know building stuff like the sims or the all the tycoons and stuff. okay ah theme, yeah. theme park theme yeah theme park tycoon yeah you, tycoon. great stuff this, this is a very odd segue but i actually downloaded a theme park tycoon recently just to you know reminisce on my old days <sighs> Are i you... got bored after the first one like <laughs> come on man <laughs> to be to be clear when you say theme park tycoon do you mean theme park or do you mean roller coaster tycoon roller coaster tycoon yeah that was the better that was the better one wasn't it yeah i got bored i was like really? what's, yeah uh, you gotta put the hours in I, it's from from my friends who've got kids of of that kind of age. My my, what I, it appears that Minecraft is kind of the computer game they let them play because they think it might be vaguely educational, uh, or at least uh, creative. Yeah. Anyway, Jason Momoa is going to be presumably someone who builds stuff and has <laughs> a pixelated sword. Uh, it's directed by the director of Napoleon Dynamite. Oh wow! Okay. Jared has so yeah. That's, there you go. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, has, he, has, he, has he done much since? I don't think so. Or she? I don't know. Uh, okay, interesting. Uh, what do we have here? We've got a new name for Fast and Furious 10. Fantastic. <laughs> it's called Fast X now. Um, mm. so are, are, are you pronouncing it X rather than, rather than 10? <sighs> I mean, if there's X, then I'm going to pronounce it as X, right? Okay. So um, you pronounced XXX as triple X or thirty? <laughs> I mean, I, I call that triple X, but uh, but that's because it's not that's not referring to the number thirty. <laughs> do you call I mean, X Men ten men? <laughs> I mean, do you call it Rocky I I I? Well, who knows? Um, <laughs> there's a history in the Fast and Furious franchise of calling it different things in different places. I'm pretty sure like there was something called Furious 7 that over here we called something else. 
Yeah, I can't remember. I don't. Anyway. I, you and I both know that neither of us watch any of the Fast and Furious. Maybe, movies. maybe this will be the one that we find. <laughs> no, <laughs> wasn't that you promising that if Win Diesel come on today, you watch two of the Fast and Furious movies? Yes, that was I the did. most you'll I, do. Yeah. I did promise that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but we know that Dwayne Johnson is not going to be in it after their very public uh, back and forth. And Brie Larson will be in it. And Brie Larson will be in it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Tom Hanks the nation's the world's uh favorite actor uh, is making a sequel to greyhound for some reason um, what was greyhound about uh greyhound was uh the ship he was a he was like a captain of a ship or something it was on apple tv and no one watched well presumably you're gonna feel watched it that they're gonna make a sequel but hmm. it, it, it didn't convince me to get I, I got bored partway through the trailer but there you go people must like it he's gonna do it again Okay. It's not. It's not going to. I mean, I, I, of my many subscriptions, Apple is not one of them. So, uh, no, neither neither is for me. Um, that's why we can't watch Coda. Well, well, we can talk about it later. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a segue. <laughs> yeah, I still uh, got news. I still have news. Uh, <laughs> we've got um, yeah, bad news for fans of Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse. It's been delayed to June 2023. Meaning that the only Sony movie that comes out this year for Spider-Man is Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Sad across, times. Across, it was going to be Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Um, they've subtly changed the title as well to just Across the Spider-Verse. Yep. But they across are still the doing Across one. Spider-Verse Part 2. <laughs> so uh, I guess Part 1 doesn't play well in marketing. Yeah, that's no. a big old delay because it wasn't that long ago they announced it. I know, right? So yeah, they must be like, you know, hoping for better... Reviews compared to Morbius. I don't know why they delayed it. Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I would criticize them, but uh, I'm just thinking uh, to, to announce that they're going to do something and then because it was uh, two months ago they announced it. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a bit longer than that, but um, and then to push it back seven, eight months. Yeah, I, I'm just but sad we, that yeah at the beginning of the year we were announcing the films that we most wanted to watch for the mm. year, and this was mine. So now I need a new one. Oh. I'm, was it, did it was it announced last year? In which case, I'm okay. It was quite a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a you know, new new most anticipated film is Morbius. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Okay. But that's uh, how it works, right? Yeah, I think I think you have to. It has to be a Sony property. Speaking of Sony properties, um, how many times at the cinema did you watch uh, No Way Home? Uh twice. Twice. Me too. Um, if we if we were Ramiro Alanis. We would have broken a record. Ramiro Aranis is a person that uh, has broken the record for the most times watching a film in the cinema, I think, or uh-huh. something. Uh, he watched it 292 times. Wow. Uh, basically just uh, like six times a day for how long. Uh, back to back. Back to back. He had the, the good, good people of the Guinness Book of Records apparently... Uh, they got someone to, to, or maybe just the staff, I don't know, to check that he actually he actually was watching it, so he wasn't allowed to be on his phone, he wasn't allowed to be asleep, he wasn't allowed to be distracted, blah, blah, blah. So he was properly watching it. If I was trying to break the record for the most time seeing a film in the cinema, I might go for a shorter film. Yeah, that's, that's quite an achievement. In some ways it's quite an achievement, in other ways it really isn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just has a lot of time to spare. Yeah, apparently he previously held the record uh, and then with, with 100 and something or other, and then someone else broke it by getting to 220-ish or thereabouts, and he's now uh, demolished that record. Um, so good luck to him. <laughs> do you reckon he uh, paid full price for all those, or do you reckon the cinema like it and gave him a deal? I think he would have gotten a deal, right? Can you I think so. Because yeah. he'd be paying thousands for... <laughs> Anyway, be. I've got on DVD now, so I, I can watch it as many times as I like. Oh. I'll wait for it to come out on Disney Plus. Fine. I, yes. Is it or oh, Netflix? Maybe didn't Sony do a deal with to get no. Spider-Man films onto Netflix? I don't know. I haven't no. been paying attention to Netflix recently. No, <laughs> you, you, you know it's on its way out. <laughs> My last bit of news is that another title change. Well, uh, there's a subtitle now for the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Is now subtitled Honor Among Thieves. Do you reckon they're going to put the U in for the uh, the UK release? Uh, probably. Mm. Hopefully. I bet, they, I bet they won't, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, like, uh, it's like the time traveler's wife all over again. I'm looking forward to this, only because it's directed by the same guys who wrote, uh, who did Game Night. So. Okay. Mm. So it could be good. 
Do you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? I've probably asked you this before. But, uh... No, uh, I've never ever actually properly delved into it. But mm. I think it's something that I would like. Your friends of mine are really into it, but I've never, uh, I've, I've, I've dipped my toe. And I've never, never really found it that much fun. So there you go. Uh, we move on then to our segment to see or not to Z. Where we tell you about films we've recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not. Z them, Zijan. Yep. What have you been watching? Well, while you've been watching Oscar-winning movies, sure. I watch The Lost City. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes, I've I uh, I've been tempted, but I've not got around to it. Yeah, so The Lost City stars Sandra Bullock and uh, Channing Tatum as a novelist, a romance novelist, um, I have to emphasize, and her cover model uh, mm. for the books, uh, respectively, who must escape a billionaire played by Daniel Radcliffe to mm. find the lost ancient city depicted in one of her books. Seems plausible. Of course. Uh, Brad Pitt also co-star in it. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's gotten decent reviews. Like uh, I think it's seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's a summer fluff movie that's not shown in summer. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's basically one of those films like Jumanji that you can, you know, it's it's good enough popcorn eating watching. You know. Yeah. It seemed quite crude from the trailers. No, it's not that crude. It really no? isn't. Okay. No. It's hardly crude at all. No, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Uh, it's just summer fluff, really, uh, which is not shown in summer. So there's nothing much to add to it. It's it's decent. Like it's not bad by by any say. And do, do the, yeah. do good good chemistry between uh, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. More so than when she was with Ryan Reynolds. Right. I will catch it on streaming sometime. I guess. Yeah. Fine. Uh, yes, I've been watching uh, the film Coda, which, uh, as as hinted at, is um, by Zijan is is available. On Apple TV Plus, or whatever they call it, uh, but following its win for Best Picture at the Oscars, uh, got re-released in some cinemas. It was in my local showcase. That's, that's where I went to see it. Uh, I, I imagine it probably isn't anymore, and it wasn't anywhere near you, was it? Um, uh, no, not not the cinema beside me, my nearest cinema. So I couldn't watch it. No, no you couldn't. <laughs> if it wasn't right next door, you couldn't see it. I get it. I, get I got it. cinema just three minutes from my doorstep, Colin. Yeah, I had to go into the centre of town for this. Yes. I, I had to go into the office. Wow, that <laughs> I must be hard work. Yeah, yeah. I'm fairness, the cinema is three minutes from my office, but you know, I had to go in and work and stuff. Anyway, uh, CODA, for those who don't know, it stands for Child of Deaf Adults, um, although neither the phrase Child of Deaf Adults nor the term CODA is used anywhere in the film. So it's a slightly hmm. odd decision to call it that, but never mind. although it's quite clever. Um, because the the lead who is uh, who is that child who is who is hearing um, is also a, a singer. So coda being a musical term. Ah, uh, little, nice little, little reference there. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a coming of age story. That the, the, so the lead um, is a, is a girl in high school. Uh, she decides yeah she gets involved in this music group basically or in the choir they call it uh, basically because she uh, likes a boy who's doing it. But she discovers that she also loves music and uh, and she uh, has this kind of inspirational teacher but she has these clashes with her with her parents and brother who are all deaf um and they work in on a fishing boat and she helps them out on the fishing boat but she doesn't really want to do that too much uh so i so say it won best supporting actor for troy kutzer who plays her father uh and it got awards for best film and i think for best adapted screenplay because i think it's best based on a french film hmm. it's it's a good film i enjoyed it uh, enjoyed it it's quite different so we, we've been watching quite a lot of oscar-winning films um yep. and it, it feels quite different to anything else we've seen if in some ways it feels lighter okay. i mean it, it, it came out um, by which i mean it's not it doesn't deal with kind of heavy themes in the same way or, or, or it does deal with them in lighter ways perhaps uh it came out last summer without anyone particularly noticing and then kind of just i say on apple tv and then just gained momentum so so going into oscar season or towards season, you kind of saw saw the name here and there and thought, oh, okay, that looks interesting. But I don't think it was really considered as a as a front runner. Lead, lead, yeah, front runner until mm. quite late in the day. So I mean, obviously, the power of the dog, uh, which is much more traditional Oscar winning kind of film, I think. Okay. 
Um, it shares a lot of DNA with uh, The Edge of Seventeen, which is a film that uh, I, I'm. Oh, always, I love that film. Yeah, great film, great film. Um, so yeah, it's, it's got this lead girl in high school. She's she's embarrassed by her her family. She has this kind of love hate relationship with her brother. Her brother is in fact dating her best friend. She has this teacher that she confides in at school. Uh, a, a kind of a lot of it's pretty much the same story. <laughs> yes, a, a lot of the same same material going on there. Obviously, Edge of Seventeen, no, no one is deaf. There's no disabilities or anything like that. Um, I think Edge of Seventeen is a better film, to be honest. Uh, but I, I do love that film. Uh, I do wonder if there's a kind of a slight element of the Oscars or the Academy patting themselves on the back for choosing a film with these themes, and mm. maybe slightly uh, over promoting it on that basis. But it's a, it's a really fun film. Um, yeah, I've and- been. Uh, my my work colleagues have been telling me to watch this, and they've been mm. telling me how much they've. You know, people are crying in it. Everyone cry watching it. Right. I I probably I cry watching most films, so I probably did. Um uh, yeah, really good performances all around. I I think it's interesting that she's she's not really embarrassed about her parents being deaf. She's just embarrassed about her parents. Um in the same way like, that many many teenagers would be. Yeah. Um and, and to be honest, they are quite embarrassing parents. Uh, so yeah, I think I think if you do get the opportunity to watch this, um, do it's 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 a good oh. it's a good film. Uh, I'm not sure Troy Kotsu is any better than anyone else. He's good, but um, uh, but is it Marley Martin uh, who plays the mother, who's who's also an Oscar winner many years ago for um, Children of a Lesser God, uh, is also very good. And is it Amelia Jones? Anyway, the the, the lead actress um, is also very good. So yeah, check it out. Worth uh, I really need to find somewhere where I can watch it. Why didn't you get an Apple subscription, Colin, and share it with me? Uh, well, I told you, Zizan. I last time I got an Apple subscription, it seemed to indirectly lead to someone fortunately taking money at my bank account. So uh, <laughs> never again. <laughs> never again. Uh, uh, you can do it. You can do like a seven-day trial or something. Okay, yeah. maybe I should just do that, just so that I can watch the film again. Over with. I hear um, Severance is pretty good as well. Severance. Mm, yeah, no, I, I've heard good things about that as well. Mm. Yeah. We move on then to our, our main topic of the day, which Zijan is going to explain. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So when when we were coming our ideas for what you know to talk about in our podcast, I was thinking like, yeah, I do go through YouTube and reddit and lots of social media channels because i'm young and hip and cool uh, <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> that, that doesn't that doesn't seem true <laughs> no, uh, i mean i'm happy to accept that you're young because as, as all our listeners are aware uh, i'm younger than you but uh, but you're an actor easy i don't think any actors are cool are they yeah i, I think i'm cool <laughs> uh fine but yeah so i i do go through quite a lot of um, medium just when talking about um, celebrities talking about movies talking about how movies are created and you know it's always nice to have a different perspective of how movies are made etc etc and Mm -hmm. I thought why not just share it with everyone so that you know you can add to their millions of subscribers (laughs) there we go there we go Uh, what do you want to kick us off yeah like I, I just like splitting them up uh, into different bits um, so I, I'm going to start off with the simple one which is Reddit um, it's uh, Reddit for those who are not aware who are older than maybe 50 uh, it's a form I'll, I'll be honest I've, I've very rarely been on Reddit have you? So, uh, oh, I, I mean, love I've, Reddit I've, I've been in the else, but um, explain it to me then. <laughs> Reddit is basically a forum for uh, for lovers of, uh, for, of anything really so you get a Reddit forum for movies you can very niche uh forums like a reddit forum for marvel studio movies for example famously niche topic (laughs) yeah and it's just like it's just about people discussing movies and you know sometimes you just get recommendations for films that you've not heard of etc from all these and okay yeah it's, it's just a pretty good hangout place i would say um how how niche are we going if i wanted to find uh one for let's say the films of matthew perry am i going to find that Oh yeah, you probably need to find. You probably need to Google films on Matthew Perry Reddit. Okay, well I'll, I'll do that right now. Um, yeah, hopefully that so works. Do you do you contribute on Reddit or do you more of a reader? No, I'm more like a, a lurker kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, it's just nice to see. It's just nice to see how people, what people, other people think about those films. Like I, like I, we we both, I probably have our movie reviews that we go to as well on top of 
you know the ones that we do ourselves. Um, and it's nice to see how how what the general consensus think of films. You don't have to agree with all of them, uh, mm. um, but it's just nice to see a different perspective or way of thinking of them. Um, and you just moving on from that, like we can, yeah. Of course, Reddit is just Reddit in general. Um, movie reviews in general. I I know you have seen some. Like I used to go to Roger Ebert a lot back in my younger days as oh, yeah. a, a movie reviewer. Um, and there are quite a few YouTubers as well. But yeah, you know, you and I do both uh, do movie reviews all the time. It's just nice to to just uh, yeah read about other people's thoughts on the same film. Um, there seems to be very little on Matthew Perry uh, his film career. It's mostly about friends and why he was cut from Don't Look Up. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be the uh, the okay. Yeah, I, I'm always Reddit. Always looks like it hasn't changed at all in, since the internet began. When I whenever I look at it, kind of it just seems so underdeveloped. Yeah. <laughs> as a but maybe not, I, guess I think that's, that's part of the appeal of that. Really, it's just very okay. simple. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, I'll kick off with talking about um, a podcast I listen to called The Weekly Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also got a spin-off, kind of a spin-off, uh, YouTube channel called Mr. Sunday Movies. So there's there's two guys. There's one called James Clement, who's also known as Mr. Sunday. Um, although I think the reason he's called Mr. Sunday is buried in the mists of time. <laughs> it's not really a... I guess he used to put stuff up on Sundays, but no, it's much more than that. Uh, and a guy called Nick Mason. Uh, they're Australian... Uh, Nick Mason is a tram driver, uh, for what it's worth, and uh, doesn't come up very often. And James used to be a, a teacher, but now does this full time. They have a weekly podcast called The Weekly Planet, which uh, looks at uh, movies, comics, and TV shows, and occasionally games. Uh, and they do all sorts. It's, it's incredibly popular now. So I started listening somewhere around episode sixty or seventy or so, mm. uh, and they're, they're, they've done hundreds now. Um, so as well as having that weekly thing they do a whole lot of they've got a bunch of spin-off podcasts um, which is for subscribers so they do one that looks at uh, different years in pop culture to see which one's uh, the best year or to, or to score the year they do uh, movie commentaries um, they look at clickbait uh, they have something called Caravan of Garbage where they just go through looking at usually um, bad films but sometimes just anything uh, good or bad so they, they, at the moment they're looking at the Star Wars prequels, but they recently looked at Catwoman, for example. They looked at Green Lantern, all sorts. They, they uh, started before us, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to catch up sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they started uh, kind of in in the lead up to Batman v Superman, or be, I think maybe a year before. So ah. I think um, so. Lots of the stuff they were doing in the in the first year or so was kind of, oh, this is what we've heard about Batman v Superman, this is what we're going to do. And, and the fact that Batman v Superman episode is, is maybe my favourite episode because they, well, Nick in particular, Nick Mason in particular, absolutely hated it. Um, so they slated it for some time. But it's just not usually their vibe. Usually, they, they've got a really nice kind of, if you like something that's cool, um, kind of vibe, which I which I really like. But they're very funny people. They, they, they do it very uh, lightheartedly. I, I don't think... Yeah, if, if it's not one that's kind of like to find out about movie making or to or to get deep analysis. It's very kind of uh, popcorny, and and they, they they do the big hits, and and yeah, they they're, they're not going to tell you which camera lens was used or anything like that. But they're really f- funny guys, and uh, they, yeah, got a nice nice attitude, and got me on. To, so pretty much everything I know about comics uh, oh, wow. comes comes from you or from them. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, I, thank you. At least I'm, I got a mention. Yes, yeah. Um, and obviously, I've, I'm a big fan of the MCU, and I've, I've read a handful of comics. Well, a bit more than a handful, but yeah, a lot of the stuff I would know would, would come from uh, from them. But I, yeah, as I say they're doing very well. And I, I got into them. I think YouTube threw up a Mr. Sunday movies video, and I, I just went from there. But he used to do a lot of kind of trailer breakdowns and stuff, and he's moved away from that a bit. Um, but yeah, I think definitely. Check those out. Check them out. Uh, you, if you listen to a lot, you you might discover that a lot of the stuff or some of the news I bring in is just stolen from them. <laughs> uh, so maybe don't listen to them too much. Don't. And in fact, it has got to the point where if they're reviewing a movie that we're also reviewing, um, I will not listen to them before we do it, just because I don't want to be too influenced by what they by what I mean, they're saying. Yeah, that tends to be the case as well. Like if we're reviewing a movie, I tend not to look at any reviews beforehand because it just I just don't want to be sweet. Hmm. In one way or another, we don't even talk. Remember when we went and watched the uh, Cruella together, Colin? We just couldn't talk about it after that. It was so weird. Yes, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, when I go to the cinema, 
with friends, which is very rare these days. I almost always go by myself these days. I, I never really want to go into a detailed breakdown afterwards. It's just like, what do you think? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, cool. And that, that's it. I, I save the, the detailed breakdowns for you, Zijan. Yeah, but that's the, thing, like, <laughs> it's, that's the thing. It's like, I know that I can speak to you about movies quite easily. So mm. <laughs> it was quite weird not to be able to talk about it straight after the movie, I have to say. Yes, it was. It was. It was weird. Yes, yes. Uh, do you have more podcasts? Because I myself just focus on podcasts right now, and unfortunately, I do not listen to any podcasts. Oh, really? Movies? Yeah, I'm not a very good multitasker. I just realized, like every time I try to put on a podcast and do things like cooking or cleaning, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not focusing on either. So I'm not. I can't listen on anything. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple more podcasts. Yeah, yeah um, might as well just finish off off, then I can start with a different topic. Uh, so there's one called Awards Chatter, which I, I'm honest, I don't listen to a huge amount anymore. I, I went through a phase of listening to it um, loads. It's, it's it's from the Hollywood Reporter, and I I'm blanking on the name of the guy who hosts it now, unfortunately. Um, Scott Feinberg, that's it. Um, so he, he's a journalist. He, he's about our age, I think. But it's, it's interviews with mostly with actors, but sometimes with directors and sometimes with musicians. Very rarely. Um, the, the concept of it is that it's I say it's around awards. Well, it's not around awards season because it's year long, but it's, it's around things that might be winning awards. Um, but it, the way it works is that it just goes through an actor's entire life and career. So it always starts off by saying, where were you born and raised? What do your parents do for a living? And so it's right from there. And then he, he goes through, um, like, when did you realize you want to become an actor? Um, tell me about this college thing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it's always then goes through the career the kind of the, the big hits and or, okay. sometimes the misses and then kind of ends up talking about whatever the film is that, that the actor is publicizing uh which is yeah it can be really fascinating but i think one probably the best thing about it is is the level of research scott feinberg does for, for this podcast so he'll read every kind of interview he can lay his hands on wow um and yeah he'll say yeah in this in an interview you said such and such um tell me about that and i think the, the actors are Particularly if they haven't heard the podcast, but I, I'm always really impressed. with like, how did you find out about yeah my my high school drama teacher? How do you know that name? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, so that's that's one that I, I don't dip into that much now. But I had, I, he, he interviews a lot of people I don't really care about. Like it'll be some person on a TV show I've never heard of, but he also has all the big stars basically. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I've only very recently started listening to um, is called Happy Sad Confused, um, hosted by. Uh, Josh Horowitz, I think it's something like that. Uh, I know that. I know that name. Yeah, he does a lot of. I think he works for MTV, maybe in entertainment. He, he does kind of in, a lot of interviews and stuff. So if you've watched interviews around films, like you'll have seen him do that. Uh, yeah, and he again, he, he they're mostly with actors, uh, and it, he always describes it as a, as a conversation rather than an interview, and I think. I think a lot of them do know him fairly. Like, I, I do watch quite a bit of these kind of interviews around films. A lot of them can be fairly awkward of people. I know. They've got, yeah, they've got two minutes to ask some questions. Whereas, whereas, yeah, um, it's always the same questions again yes. and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Whereas he seems to actually kind of know a lot of these people. And he's still got this kind of, obviously it's, uh, they're the product. He's the guy uh, doing the interview thing. But, uh, but he tries not to give it that vibe. So it's kind of times to be, ah, oh, it's great to catch up with you again. It's been ages since we talked and this kind of thing. Uh, but yes, yeah, some fun stuff. And only today, in fact, Zijan, I, th- I thought of you whilst listening to um, his interview with Tom Hiddleston, um, because this year, he, or the last couple of years, he's been uh, doing uh, asking all these actors what their comfort movie is, and uh, Tom Hiddleston said uh, Castaway. <laughs> so there you go. If you don't take my word for it. Take Tom Hiddleston's word for it. Watch Castaway. Yeah, I should do before my Netflix subscription runs out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I think I'll move on to my biggest source of um, movie news, which is YouTube, really. Okay. Um, yeah, a friend of uh, mine once suggested, like, you know, we should, you know, go on YouTube ourselves and put ourselves there. Probably can get more subscribers that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I like, think, yeah, you know, we're just doing this for fun kind of thing. Seems like a real hassle, aren't <laughs> So much work. <laughs> I actually do have a YouTuber friend whose uh, job is basically putting up, um, uh, yeah, pu- putting out videos on YouTube. But I digress. It's, it's a different thing altogether. He, I mean, he, I, don't, I don't want to brag, season, but I, ha- I have got one video that's got 950 views. So, um, wow. I mean, I'm basically a YouTube star. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, the channel that uh, is top of my list that I follow quite a lot is called Cinema Therapy. All right. 
Um, it has 851 million subscribers so far. So okay. pretty much 851 million more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this thing. Yeah, Cinematherapy is uh, two guys, um, a licensed therapist, uh, Jonathan Decker, and a professional filmmaker, uh, Alan C. Wright. They talk about movies and they break down the romantic relationships, family dynamics, the dealing with grief, depression, or loss. The, the film that got me into uh, watching them was when they covered Inside Out. Oh, yes. The, yeah. you know, the, I mean, Inside Out, obviously, is a film which deals with a lot of this. You know? I mean, because it's talking about the emotions of a girl. Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's low-hanging fruit for them. It really is <laughs> low-hanging fruit for them. But yeah, but it was let's, the one that got me into watching them in the first place. Because obviously... Let's, they see the, just... let's, let's see them do The Lost City. Can they do The Lost City? <laughs> well... Well, they have to start with things which obviously have a lot more, you know, psychological background to it, right? Uh, I, I guess that's how they started it. Um, but, you know, they they do it really well. Like, they, they select scenes from the movies or the TV show. They reflect on you know, the characters' actions and psych. And then, you know, um, Alan will scrutinize the film. Jonathan will give a diagnosis of the relationships portrayed on screen. And it's done really well. They, they are very down-to-earth guys, you know, and... I, I have to admit I've cried a few times watching their oh, yeah. <laughs> watching them talk about it. Yeah, because they talk about personal stuff, about dealing with their own losses and stuff and you wow. know, it's quite cathartic watching them. Uh yeah, just two guys just talking about, you know, losses and stuff like that. It's just really good. I I would highly recommend this. I've I've made a note of it. Uh that seems so deep, Sujan. Yeah, it's very deep. <laughs> Let me tell you about a screen rant pitch meeting, um, which is very much not deep. Um, <laughs> so it was one YouTube. Uh, this is one that's hosted by, or hosted by, it's, it's Ryan George, who is, I think, Canadian. Yeah. Um, he does, he's a YouTuber. He does various comedic things. Um, you might have seen him do uh, the first person two series. But uh, he, he does something called... Uh, pitch meeting which used to be on the Screen Rant channel and now, uh, in the last month or two has got its own channel where he just plays both characters a guy pitching the movie to the other guy and it's very very funny so it's it's usually a, me- a, a movie that's in the cinemas or come out recently sometimes if it's in, in the news so he might do a um, I don't know for when Batman came out he might do the 1989 Batman uh, and he'll change the stuff in the background to make, make it era appropriate uh, but it's, it's got quite a few different catchphrases and things, um, of which the most famous is uh, super easy, barely an inconvenience, yep. <laughs> uh, which uh, I think you can buy merchandise of. But he, he's a very funny guy. He's got this great delivery. Uh, you can see how he's definitely honed it. If you watch the earlier ones now, they're, they're not, not so good. But these days, uh, yeah, he's really got this, this um, personality down. Uh, so, yeah, every Thursday now, I think it is, I will, I will watch his... Um, Pitch meeting, and I don't think I've ever cried. Uh, not because no, not, not a pitch meeting, no. Pitch I, meeting. I, I have been following a pitch meeting quite a bit. Uh, hmm. I, I do agree that sometimes, you know, he, he hones it in, uh, uh, you know, hmm. because he's been doing this quite a while. There are quite a few of these uh, parody um, uh, parody movie reviews on YouTube as well. Like, hmm. uh, there's, there's Cinema Sins, who, who has been... So let's, let's talk cinema since I, I, do you do you watch it? I used to when I was younger, but now mm. I just find it's just nitpicking on because they. Yeah. I, I've I've seen one or two, and basically filmmakers hate it, <laughs> but they claim to be a parody account. But I, I don't see how it's a parody. They just seem to be straight up complaining about stuff rather than actually like because they think they're saying, "Oh yeah, it's a parody of those people who do nitpicking." But it's like, okay, but you're you're just nitpicking. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They are nitpicking on the most. Uh, minute errors in films which it, it, it tends to be quite annoying at, at times and hence why the cinema wins as well now <laughs> yes yeah I've seen one or two of those yeah. it's yeah. the complete opposite of that so there's that that I don't really follow now but it's out there there's uh, how it should have ended that's next on my list yeah yeah, yeah which is also uh, it's also quite funny um, very good animation where mm. where they mostly draw out it's mostly about superhero films to be honest where they you know come up with alternate endings, mostly alternate plot points. For example, the most recent Spider-Man No Way Home one, the first uh, story was about you know I'm a wizard, I shouldn't be tempering with time. The end. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and again they've they've been going for a, over a decade now, and, and 
I do feel that perhaps they've the well has run a little bit dry. Um, but I, I do love they've got this thing called the superhero cafe where, where Superman and Batman sit in a cafe and just talk about whatever superhero movie is happening, um, which is very funny. And they've just done one this week for uh, the Batman, uh, where they make uh, good work of the uh, the fact that Batman had a bomb explode in his face and nothing happened to him. <laughs> uh, but yes, definitely, yeah, that's that's a very funny one as well. Because he's Batman. Because I'm Batman. <laughs> um, and the last parody I have on my list um, is uh, Honest Trailers as well, which is similar oh, yeah, thought, to yeah. pitch meetings. So instead of, you know, uh, someone pitching uh, a movie to a studio ex- uh, executive, uh, Honest Trailers is literally just changing. You know, we have the voiceover on the trailer just basically explaining what the movie is about. Yes. In a I, funny I, way. It is, it is quite similar to pitch meeting, isn't it? Um I think it's again. It's moved on quite a bit because it used to be much more like a trailer, and now it's it kind of has moved a long way away from sounding anything like or, or feeling like a trailer. But yes, it's it's a very funny thing. That's on a Tuesday. Anyway, yeah. we- weekly, I, I, I watch that as well. Mm. Yeah. I watch that too. Uh, are there any other more like this kind of parody kind of things that you? That's, that's it, really, for that kind of thing. I mean, and, and they they they've all done it. honest trailers is now reached level. I think Ryan Reynolds has actually done a couple of them. Um, a couple of the Deadpool ones, he's actually got involved. So yeah, they've, of they've, they've, would, right, they've yeah. reached. Uh, uh, and in fact, they, at one point they did. They included um, uh, Mr. Sunday from from Week Planet. He was on one of them. Ah. So, yeah, for the Spider Verse, I think. So uh, yeah, they've they've reached a good level. Yeah, but now that, that's in terms of the parody ones. That's pretty much it. Yeah. For me. So I've got some uh, interviews one which I thought were pretty good as well so that, that I do follow so I watch uh, Sean Evans Hot Ones do you from okay. First We Feast yeah. yeah have you heard uh, of them yeah no, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever watched one all, all the way through but I've, I've yeah I've seen clips mm. it's like um, it, it, it combines two things that you like Colin like yes. uh, movie celebrities and hot sauce yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not all done on movie celebrities. He gets like uh, Ed Sheeran and Gordon Ramsay as well uh, a few times before. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay hated the hot wings. It was hilarious. But the the thing I like about Sean Evans' Hot Ones um, is that um, just like your podcast um, you mentioned earlier, his research team is insane. Hmm. His research team is really, really good. He'll ask questions. Like, I think he's the only interviewer I know where the guest says, wow, how do you know that? Where do you get that from? And they they praise his research team um, incredibly. And that's how how well he he does his research. And it's always nice to see celebrities eating hot wings. (laughs) I I love a hot sauce, but I I don't like eating wings. (laughs) Do you not? Why not? It's just so messy. What about if it was a deep fried cauliflower? Because I think they had that for <laughs> for the oh, vegetarian yeah, guests. Much better. <laughs> now, if, if it was a uh, hot sauce on a pizza, I'd be all over it. But mm. yeah. But yeah, right. it's uh, it's it's good. It's you, it's you really like, good. Do you like hot food? Uh, I love hot food. We had yeah. curry together. Remember? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we did. So I, I, I'd love to have a go at those hot. I mean, I, I don't love eating wings, but I, if I ever reach the level of fame. Where uh, I'd be invited on these things, I'd, I'd be straightened. Colleen, for your 40th birthday, I'll buy yeah. you the hot sauces. Thanks, on man. Hot ones. Appreciate it. So, have you got any more interview stuff? Because I've got a few kind of like video essay things. But, um. Yeah, I got some interviews. Like, uh, it's just some basic stuff. Like, uh, I, I still like the Graham Norton show. I think it's still by far mm. one of the best uh, shows out there uh, when it comes to talking to celebrities because uh, he, you know, he, he just makes them at ease, right? He puts them at ease. Yeah, you're right that you know, when we're talking about interviews, there's some very, very bad interviews out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, feel like I used to love Graham Norton. I've not really watched it the last no, I, I I'm not a big yeah. fan when they started splitting out the chairs. It's just not mm. the same as having Kills one big sofa. It, it really yeah, does, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, like Jonathan Ross, I used to watch all the time and I've, I've not watched that in years. I think that's really gone off the boil. And they can't get the same calibre of guests anymore either. Uh, no, which is a shame. But probably because of COVID more than anything, right? It's hard to get everyone just... Well, yeah. I mean, I think for Jonathan Ross, they already had lost field because they realised that Graham Norton was the, was the bigger draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my favourite things is always having the American stars and then the regional British stars because the Americans often can't understand a word they're saying. I love that so much. Yeah. So John Bishop and uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal just staring at him, like trying to work, <laughs> trying to work out what on earth he was saying the entire His time. His accent is so strong, though, John Bishop. Like, he does have a strong accent. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I watch a few video essays. I, I used to go, I went through a phase of watching loads of video essays on YouTube, and I think it's what, like the algorithm kept recommending them, and I, and I don't do that anywhere near so much now. Um, but in fact, I think I think it was the point at which I watched a video essay about why people shouldn't make video essays that I realised I'd gone too far down the, uh, <laughs> the, the rabbit hole. Um, but uh, now you see it, um, every frame of painting and lessons from the screenplay are all um, very big uh, and, and quite infrequently updated, shall we say, um, video essay things. So uh, lessons from the screenplay is all about writing and story and, and absolutely fascinating. I, I, I'm very interested in kind of in story. One of the things that has come up in doing narrative improv as well is working out where, where the story beats come and, and how to propel a story along. Um, and as listeners may know, I've, I've written a play which is going to be produced soon and, and um, yeah, kind of fascinating from that point of view of how to make a story. Uh, every frame of painting is more about the visuals, obviously, and, and similarly, now you see it, um, is, is a bit of both, I suppose. Uh, I think I'm not sure they're actually still going, or if they are, they kind of put one video up every six months or something. It's, it's not a frequent thing at all, but they um, they kind of the particularly every frame of painting. I think kind of some of the original video essays that you see a lot of less good attempts to do the same thing. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, those are, those are the ones worth worth digging out and looking at the um, the kind of the ones that like on the backlist, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you know any of those? No, I've not heard of them, but I have watched some video essays before, mm. uh, mostly on films that I tend to like. <laughs> I just want to hear people's thoughts on them. Uh, yeah, and and these guys, they, they, I mean, they'll, they'll touch on a Christopher Nolan or, or something like that, but they, they tend maybe to be less blockbustery in some ways. Yeah, speaking of Christopher Nolan, uh, there's this uh, YouTube channel called Thomas Flight. Not sure. Oh yeah, I watch a bit of Thomas Flight. Yeah. Yeah, and he he does go into quite a lot of details when it comes to the making of movies. He looks at cinematography. He talks about exposition. That I say exposition because he says Christopher Nolan has a problem with it, and I do agree. <laughs> mm. um, there was a whole essay on that. It's quite good. I think I watched that one. Yeah. Yeah, and he talks about sets and production design. So if you want to have a look, a more intimate knowledge of how movies are made, I think he's pretty good uh, source of knowledge for that. Um, more so than we can give to be fair like uh, yeah that's, that's I, probably reasonable <laughs> yeah, I, I can't give you like you know what the difference the IMAX camera does so yeah I, I know no, I, I, every now I mentioned split diopter just to sound like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> that's the, uh, I don't no <laughs> the, um, the the there's a uh, David F. Sandberg who's the guy who directed Shazam right I think I, see. I don't know Anyway, the, the director of Shazam, I think that's his name, um, but he also did a bunch of horror films. He does, he's got a channel called Pony Smasher. Um, and it's, again, very rarely updated, but he did a really fascinating one um, about how directors are fixed. Uh, uh, their, their main job is problem solving. Uh. And he, he talked a little bit about Shazam. And I really recommend checking this one out because it's, it's, it's very funny, but it's also really informative. But um, he particularly focused in on, there's a scene in Shazam where um, the family of kids is supposed is outside the house and then they go inside the house and these are filmed on different days and the little girl wasn't available on on the one day uh-huh. so it's like how do we make this so that she uh, a reasonable reason for her not to be outside the house it's like, okay well we'll have her like tying her shoelaces on the steps when they go back inside uh-huh. and uh, and and it was all about well, we need them to be wearing their coats because later in the film they're in a they're in a prolonged thing outside. So I guess they have to be wearing their coats in this scene, even though she's not left. It's kind of really fascinating stuff. But then he, he talked a bit about how he can't really watch video essays anymore because he's like, yeah, you see these things saying, oh, she she becomes the fastest superhero, but we see in this scene that she's in fact really slow and like this is a really clever idea. And he's like, yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's just me getting around this problem. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very interesting to see how they, they break down their scenes, right? I think there is, uh, is it Wyatt, where you see a director that breaks down scenes of, uh, uh, oh, right. of the movies that they make? Yeah, there's quite a few of them, um, when they invite the director and probably one actor to break down scenes of a movie. Um, okay. I can't, yeah, I didn't. I don't have the list, but I've definitely watched it before. Uh, hold on, let me quickly while you're googling i will mention briefly um cut short which is i guess that's not really still running i don't think but um it's again video essays but uh, but specifically about projects that never happened um so we're talking about um you know the cancelled spider-man 4 or um the cancelled uh, superman flyby kind of these, these projects which were, were going to go ahead and then didn't and looking at why they didn't go ahead and what they would have been ah. which is which is very interesting so, so it's not uh, why it's Vanity Fair. 
So they got like the Parasite director Bong Joon Ho to break down the opening scene of Parasite and how he oh, yeah. he he breaks it. Yeah, you know, how he makes it. Why he chose the what he chose. You know how why he chose the focus of the camera at this particular scene. And there's so many of them. You know, you have Rian Johnson breaking down knives out. You have Taika um, oh, Waititi yeah. breaking down Thor Ragnarok. So. I've watched a couple of Valentine's Fair. There's actors on actors, doesn't it? They, they, they pair two actors. Oh, yeah, they, they do that. Yeah, taught themselves. That, that can be quite interesting as well. Um, yeah. Is there any? Uh, is there anything that you used to watch or listen to that you that you don't anymore because you've gone off it? Oh yeah, I say as I say, Cinema Sins is definitely yeah, one of them. Yeah. All our listeners are thinking, oh, the C to Z of movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Up until this episode, they were what they were keen fans. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Patrick Willems. I used to uh, watch his stuff, and I've really gone off that um, on YouTube. I also stopped listening to Empire. I used to get a magazine. I used to listen to their podcast, and I really went off them. Mm. Um, I think because they, the podcast in particular, because they they got to this stage where I think it's kind of the opposite of the Weekly Planet, where they wouldn't tolerate any other views. Oh, so really? In, in as much as like. If people had criticism of Star Wars or something, they just say, oh, they're all man babies and they're throwing their toys out their pram and stuff. And it's like, well, okay, maybe there are some people like that, but there are kind of like other... It's, it's okay to have a different view to the people on this podcast. Exactly. Um, and I think the, the the one that really put me off was one that, one of them was talking about um, so I'm getting really annoyed how people whose politics differ to what's in the MCU get... So like, if, if you don't like the MCU because of the politics, then you're really silly. And then in the same sentence, talked about how she didn't like Dark Knight Rises because it disagreed with her politics. <sighs> like, oh, come on. Anyway, there was a bit of a debate, in fact, as to whether the MCU was right-wing or left-wing, so maybe we can have that debate sometime. But, yeah, uh, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much out of my Yeah, my I think list. that's it. I mean, we've managed to co- cover 20 minutes of this, so well done there to us. There you go. Yeah. Well, we, we did it. We did it. And that was, actually, that was a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. So yeah. um, good suggestions, Ejan. I was wrong to doubt you. Uh, and I've 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 written down cinema therapy as something to check out. Yeah, I think you should. I think you'll like it. Uh, we move on then to actor factor, where we talk about the films of a particular actor, and this time it is Rooney Mara, hmm. um, suggested by you, Zijan. I've only seen six films for the Rooney Mara, which is I've fewer than I thought. Seen six as well, which is quite a lactic one uh, as well. And I don't think any of these six films are bad films per se as well. Oh, okay, okay. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So. Uh, We'll start with the animated film that she's in. She was in Kubo and the Two Strings uh, that I've mm. seen. It's definitely probably the weakest, I would say. I thought, um, I thought you loved this film. I, yeah. I enjoyed it, but uh, but it's not as good as the previous films, I would say. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, it, because it's a quite a standard story, it's a journey story. And, you know, right. yeah, there's only so much you can do with it. So, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I've seen her in Ghost Story, mm. which is not a horror film. Uh, it's a film with Casey Affleck in a sheet. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird old film, isn't it? I've seen this one as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's odd. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, 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 I can't remember what she does. She's the, she's the wife, isn't she? I think so, yeah. I saw it on a flight. Okay. It's that kind of film, yeah. It's quite slow. I, that's what I remember from it. It's very slow. My, my, my brother's watched it and he told me he, before I watched it that it was incredibly boring. Um, <laughs> which... I can see, yeah, it is. I, I still liked it, but it was incredibly slow and, and I mean, I'm sure very poignant. But uh, I mean, there's I a central it. conceit for the whole film, right? They, they, they did this film because to put KCF like in a, in a sheet with in two sheet. eye holes yes. for the whole film. One of, the, one of the main things I remember about it is that it just kept lingering, like more or less every scene felt like it was over and then they just kept the camera on for another 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, seen her in uh, Her which we both love and have talked about many times yeah. um, where she has a, a role as Joaquin Phoenix's ex-wife Ooh, I, that's the thing like I couldn't remember who she, she was playing mm. her yeah, that's, that's what it was and The Social Network I think is where most people saw her for the first time um, where she plays um, Mark Zuckerberg's well girlfriend at the start who breaks up with him in the first scene a phenomenal scene one, one of the best scenes in that film mm. uh, which again I've seen video essays breaking down um uh, the film Side Effects, which I'll be honest, I don't remember a huge amount. Steve Soderbergh, she was with Channing Tatum. It gets a bit bloody at times, but um, looking at, if I remember rightly, drugs and relationships and stuff. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else you got? Um, I, uh, I have The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. 
You saw that, did you? Okay. Yeah, so that's the one with Daniel Craig, I believe. Uh, yeah. Before she was replaced by Claire Foy in the the later films as well. Uh, yeah, it was. Did she? Was, did, she did two films, didn't she? Or did she not? I think I think she did two films. You know, yeah. Second, and Claire Foy took over. Um, it was okay. Um, like the girl with the dragon tattoo was quite a big thing when you know when it came out. Mm. You know, the books were big. When yeah, it, it did its job. I would say it followed the book quite religiously. And that last film, which I'm pretty sure you've seen before, Lion. Uh yes yeah With yeah Dev yeah Patel and Nicole Kidman yeah which is which is very good um from memory that's what a couple of times uh in fact although much more moving was the uh the, the kind of the post credit scene where they showed the actual people I did want yeah. a, doc- a documentary might have worked better but. uh the only one I've not covered is Mary Magdalene where she played Mary Magdalene um again alongside Racking Phoenix thinking about it he was playing Jesus probably <laughs> uh so it's has a story of her her life which was yeah pretty good it wasn't anything to write home about it was it was fine so the best film of Rooney Mara her um uh, see I, I do love her you I also love the, the I, love, I also love the social network so I, yeah. I find that I think I love the social network more and more um over time but if we need a joint decision let's go her um the worst one's gonna be tricky though yeah he's all, all pretty good um I don't think there are any bad films. Like, there's no one thing that you can point out and say that's awful. No, no. I mean, I guess just because I don't really remember that much about it, maybe Mary Magdalene. But. Mm. Yeah, like, like I'm just going through a list. It's not a social network. It's not her. It's not Lion. <laughs> and then, mm. you know, Cuba and Two Strings was good. A ghost story was okay. Probably a ghost story, but it's not Actually, a bad film yeah. by any means, though. No. There you go, Rooney's a, a good a good track record, or at least the ones we see. Maybe she's made a load of rubbish films we haven't seen. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, next time we're going to uh, look back an Oscar where we watch a film uh, that has won the best picture. Oscar Zijan, which one are we watching next time? Oh no, I looked it up this morning. It sounds like a song. Yeah, okay. What's the song called? It's oh, called uh, Going My Way. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm going my own way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like Max. You can go your own way. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. I was using that as my my mnemonic. <laughs> right. I thought you just meant it sounds like a, it sounds like it could be a song title. Yeah, it's not being Crosby. This is probably singing. Uh, cool. Um, we move on then to the quiz, where I thought that Scott Johansson and, and Chris Evans had made lots of films together, and it turns out uh, outside the MCU they made two films. But we shall quiz on those films and maybe <sighs> some other stuff. Um, and I will ask the first question. Zijan, you are, I think, 4-2 up for the year mm-hmm. going into this one. Uh, what is the first name of Scott Johansson's character in The Nanny Diaries? Annie, because you'll have the same question coming up soon. Okay, correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, question one. Which you see does Chris Evans' character Carl plans to do his architecture programming for which he needs high scores in the set? For which university? Yeah. Oh, I looked this up. Like, literally 10 minutes before we start There's the podcast. There's no other questions to come up with, Colin. Yeah, um, but I can't think what it is. Where would you do architecture? Hmm. I th- I got a feeling it was a university I hadn't heard of. Um, but let's let's just go for Brown. Uh, nope, it's Cornell. Cornell, I have heard of. Um, in which U.S. state is the perfect score set? Oh no! I've seen this film, by the way. Ah, uh, it's okay. State. Let's go California. Uh, no, it's uh, New Jersey. Hmm. Uh, question two, which follows up from my question. Which USC did he end up going to by the end of the film? All right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I literally read this. Stuff. <laughs> um, unless this is a clever double bluff, and it in fact is Cornell again, uh, I'm going to say he went to Princeton. Uh, Syracuse University. Bit of, a, bit of a letdown, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> um, let's look into the features, Ijan. Um Where is Project Artemis set to stream? Oh, man. Are they both confirmed to be starring in it? I thought they've decided not to. I don't know. <laughs> What's this question? <laughs> I think they're still I think they're still intended to be in this. Uh, this is sci-fi. So sci-fi. I hope it's not Netflix. So let's go with Hulu. Uh, it's Apple. Uh, uh, question three. What is the first name of Scarlett Johansson's character in the Nanny Diaries? It's Annie. <laughs> I feel my, I've watched the first half of, but never got around to watching the second half. Right, question four. Um, 
if you didn't like the Artemis question, you're not going to like this one. Um, <laughs> um, they were set to reteam for a remake of which musical before it was postponed indefinitely? Uh, at least I know this one, The Little <laughs> Shop of Horrors. Correct. Um, question four. Where is the Nanny Diaries primary set in? Uh, you want a city or you want a... City is fine. Oh, wow. Uh, State is fine as well. All right. I think it's probably New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, question five. At the end of The Perfect Score, uh, what does Carly Hansen's character write a novel about? Uh, their story, right? Yeah. Uh, six students uh, trying to steal set scores. Correct. Mm. Uh, question five. By the end of Nanny Diaries, we find out the real name of Mrs. X. What is it? Do we? Oh, boy. Okay, well, you're three two up and I need to make up a name. <laughs> um, I thought we were going to tie on this, Colin. Yeah, I... I uh, or if you call it Mrs. Ten. We found out... <laughs> we found out Chris Evans' name was uh, was Hayden. I knew that. I had that yeah, one. How, I have both of them listed because there are no questions that can come. I can come out with. So I was like, yeah, um, this, you'll probably have this in the bag. She's probably called... Um, Mrs. <laughs> uh... <laughs> This is Delator. De <laughs> uh, the clues in the name. Um, Alexandra. All right. Alexandra Delator? Yeah, that's it. Oh, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, Eugene. You've pulled even further ahead for the year. Um, what are we quizzing on next time? Uh, the films that are written by John Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. And if you haven't heard We've, earlier, it's the Game Night Duel. Didn't we do that already? Have we? We may have done. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. F- we'll find out. If not, let me know, and then okay. we'll change this. Uh, and what's our main topic for next time? Ah, Doctor Strange. In the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, we're looking forward to this one. I've already booked the afternoon off work so I can get to it uh, <laughs> as early as I can. You're definitely uh, more keen to this than I am, you know. I'm very excited. Yeah. And we will see you then. Bye.